Absolutely crazy every Friday. Why? Because we love having to say thank you. We love having to say to every living legend of football, not only in South Africa, but worldwide, we say to them, hey, you're in the Legends Night, and behind every legend is a supporting nation. Now, this evening's Legends Night with Robert Marawa. And the Legends features one of the most decorated men to stand along our touchlines. Needs absolutely no introduction. You know, his coach, Bafana Bafana, is a four-time PSL winner. Yeah, four times. He's got that Ronaldo type of vibe in him. He goes to a team, he wins the league. And he says, what's my next challenge? He goes to another team, he wins the league. And he says, what is my next challenge? Next team, he wins the league. Okay, I'm bored here. What's my next challenge? Next team, wins the league. Crazy. But four-time PSL winner. He's unearthed some of the league's household names. In fact, you know what? This man's done it all. Gordon Iggerson, man. Probably, I don't know if you were too young to remember Gordon, the player. who was a deadly striker for a number of his home clubs amongst them. I think he was also a bit of a journeyman there. Durban City, Durban United, Highlands Park, Durban Bush Parks, Amazulu, Abakulusi African Wanderers. Also the stint with Diableton Kellys. Now that's a name we haven't heard in a long, long time. Diableton Kellys. The good news is that he's right here with me. You know, at Cape Town Studios here at Sea Point. Beautiful city. Almost a beautiful country. But that's... <laughs> That's how you always feel when you come to Cape Town that day. Passport. Yo. Oh, we're going to go down memory lane with this, man. Do send us any of your questions, comments, congratulatory messages, things that you have always wanted to ask uh, Gordon Negerson. 0605842250. That's our WhatsApp voice note number. Your live at Metro FM is also Radio 2097.2 to 100 FM. Gordon Negerson, good evening and welcome to Marawa Sports Worldwide. Good evening, Robert. Are you strong? Yes, I am. Very I mean, strong. you walked in here with like the, the energy of a kid. Yeah, well, I feel just like that. I feel like a kid still, you know? Really? What's keeping you going now? Because a lot of people have been bugging us, actually, saying, where's Gordon? We don't see him. And then once in a while, when there's a game here in Cape Town, I'm sure you're going to be going to the Stellenbosch Supersport game later. People say, ah, we got a glimpse of Gordon at the stadium. What are you up to these days? You know, Robert, since I coached the national team, I decided that I wanted to get back into my, uh, into giving back something to the game. You know, football's been great to me. And Mm -hmm. people think that I've retired. I haven't actually retired. I've just been on sabbatical for two years Mm -hmm. to develop and make, uh, to start a football academy, which I have done. Wow. And uh, the football academy is really very, very big. We started off with uh, 30 players and we built it from there. Now we've got nearly 300 players. We feed in 200 kids a month. We tutoring kids. We get in bursaries. And the, the academy is really up and running now, and uh, I'm very excited about that. So that's what I've been doing for the last two years. Where is the academy? Where is it based? The academy is based in Cape Town in Rondebosch, uh-huh. uh, in the southern suburbs. And all our players, we're not a community-based academy. All our players come from Kailicha, Dunoon, and all these uh, previously disadvantaged areas because right. that's where I get the players from. Mm. And you know, when I coached the national team at that time when I was coaching, there wasn't even under 17 or under 20 uh, development team in our national setup. Right. So you know, I thought to myself, you know, the playing fields haven't been fair all the time because nobody really goes into these areas, and there's so much talent. And if I tell you how much talent that I've unearthed in the last uh, two years, it's unbelievable. You know, in 2018. 
we were invited to go to Holland and mm. with our academy team through um, a, a, a team in uh, Mozambique called Africa United. They right. had an academy, but they never had any players. And they asked us if we could, they could use our players. So we joined up and teamed up, Hamilton's and them, and went to, eat, uh, to um, Holland. And an under-13 team actually won the tournament Whoa. against an academy from Belgium. And an under-10 team finished third in the competition, eventually losing to the winners of that competition. So the point I'm making is the talent in this country is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah, but has that kind of given you a, a sense of where we could be getting it wrong? Because we are getting it wrong. We, we're getting it wrong to such a point that we think a 28-year-old is a youngster. We think that some of the players that are making their debuts when they are 29 for Bafana Bafana, and we start saying, hey, the future's great, when the future is almost done for that person. You know, you know, Robert, you hit the nail on the head, yeah, and that's exactly what I thought to myself at the yeah. time, uh, having coached the national team and then not having players to select. And I was giving sometimes debuts to players who are 25 and 26. And I kept asking myself the question at that time, and also the journalist asked me the question, why are you giving a 25 and a 26-year-old? Why don't you put in a 19-year-old? But to be honest, there weren't any 19-year-olds. They were playing for teams, but coaches in the Premier League today, of course, have got a, their jobs are very short. They, you lose yeah. three games, you're going to be fired. So they get a very talented player who's 20 years of age, but never gone through any type of academy, never been coached correctly. For example, you know, if you get a corner against you and the player's not watching the player and the ball at the same time, he's, he's ball watching, you know, hasn't been coached to do a certain thing and you concede a goal, the coach is in trouble. So that coach will spend four years or five years with that player in mm -hmm. his Premier League team coaching him the basics that he should have learned when he was 13, 14 and 15. Now, this is where my academy comes in. Oh, now, I was actually going to go in that direction. I'm glad you brought that up. Do you find, though, even with the birth of the... Uh, the MDC. Do you still find, though, that a lot of coaches that are coaching the teams, the 16 teams in the Premier Soccer League, are not as adventurous or brave enough to give a youngster a chance? They would rather play cautiously with a tried and tested player of a younger, um, I mean, an, an older age, as opposed to a younger player. Robert, I don't think they, they caution, they don't want to give a player an yeah. opportunity, but they need to give a player an opportunity when he's ready. Mbappe, a world champion, age of 19. Where do you think he was when he was 13 and 14? He was reading how to get between the lines, yeah. how to get over the shoulder of a player, how to squeeze a player in a certain area. He learned all these things, how to watch the ball and the play at the same time, how to defend, stay on the right side of players. All these little little things he's learned when he was 8, 17, 16, 15, in those age groups. Yeah, he was 12. I think he, uh, that's why he was able to beat uh, Pele's record at, at the World Cup. Exactly. Yeah. And then as soon as you get to a... Now you get spotted when you're a 20-year-old, haven't been to any academies, haven't been to any... You know, the school football is non-existent, has been non-existent yeah. for some time. And that's a big, big blow for football in South Africa. And, uh, you know, you get a, play, a coach or sign a play because he sees the talent in this player. But he doesn't realize that this player is so far behind tactically. He hasn't learned certain things. So mm. he'll, take, he'll take the time with that player when he's 20 and 21 and 22 and 23 to do the coaching. And then the player is now more a complete player. Now the coach will put him in the team and see the talent. And you'll see that's why they blossom at 27. Because between the two ages of 21 and 27, they're learning from the coach he's with. And the coach will persevere with them. Mm. But it's very difficult for coaches to put players into the team when they are so far behind. Why are we afraid of this, Gordon? And again, you've raised it and you're absolutely right. Because about a week ago, I had an interview with Jomoson. And he lamented the fact that schools, and especially private schools... Uh, whether you call them Model C school, whatever they are, but they're private schools. They don't, they don't play football. 
They don't care. They don't give a damn about football. And yet we are a country whose majority want to play football. We are a country who, in terms of participation in these private schools, is also shifting towards representing the demographics of the country. But the private schools, the, the schools generally, they are not playing. They don't care about football. Yes, rugby is what you would term minority. Also globally, it's not as big, nowhere near the, the, the size and the strength and the reach. Football is played on every blade of grass there is in the world. Full stop. Rugby isn't. But South Africa is able to come back with a World Cup. Last year, they come back with a World Cup with the fully represented team, etc. But all I'm trying to say here is that it is that rugby and it is that cricket that is given all sorts of support at school. Then there's the Craven Weeks and everything else, whether it's rugby or cricket, there's also, you know, school tournaments that happen. But for football, there is nothing. So then you have to wait for a Gordon Niggerson or what was in Kempton Park with the School of Excellence back then, or a KZN Academy, then you have to wait for all of these people to now try and panel beat. That that the schools should be doing, but nobody is brave enough, whether to go to the Minister of Sport, whether to go to the Education Department and say, guys, this is wrong, it needs to be a part of it. How do we get it right? Well, Robert, you know, I'm very pleased and proud to say that over the last few years, things have changed a lot here. Okay, right. uh, Just recently, Danny Jordan was in Cape Town at a, at a, at a, at a uh, function and I was invited. And he actually uh, made me stand up and congratulated me on the work that I'm doing in the schools. So because at the moment, 27 schools we've been organized with have now joined the SAFA Football Association. So they will play under the SAFA banner, right. which is huge for schools to do that. So, you know, it, 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 things are changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a few schools that we've been the, that were the beneficiary of our, of our academy, and, and uh, we did the syllabus. We, we're very uh, coaching the school. Like for example, Weinberg Boys, we give bursaries to our, to our academy players. They go on trips to Europe. They're very, very strong in the league. Now they're going to be playing under the SAFA banner. And a lot of other schools, like, like Rondebosch and Bishops and all these schools in mm-hmm. Cape Town, in actual mm-hmm. fact, there's 27 schools now getting involved in football correctly, which I'm very pleased to say. You know, and, and, and this part of the world, basically, more the, the, the Cape side of town. Yes, I would, yeah. say, I would say without it, all the, in, all the, in actual fact, in all the areas in Cape Town, from, from, from a lot of these previously disadvantaged areas where the schools were just couldn't get anything, they're getting now proper uh, coaching, uh, they're getting... Uh, uh, Situations where they can go and play for an organized uh, a league, mm. and that's what's happened now. So I think slowly but surely, there's a lot of people out there, Robert, doing a lot of good, good work, yeah. really good work. But obviously on the national front, there still needs to be as concerted a drive as what you're outlining now, and it is brilliant, and it's good to know that. Yes. But from a, a national perspective, you know, I've, I've seen talent, and it goes untapped. And when it goes untapped, that kid will get frustrated because nobody's recognizing them because they are from a rural area. But they get spotted and they end up somewhere in Portugal and they end up having a great career. But that is not an everyday thing. There are a lot of kids then who decide, you know what, the smoking glue thing is not a bad idea. That's what I'm going to do. This robbing and stealing is not a bad idea. That's what I'm going to do. Then you have robbed a kid of fulfilling their talent. And that what for me breaks my heart is that if... At school level, nationally, there's no recognition of that. We have a problem. And, of course, we would have loved to hear those kind of things coming through, whether it's from, uh, you know, a state of the nation address. But 
we, we need to crack the whip somehow. And you know, I mean, you, you've worked with talented players. With Manning Rangers, nobody gave you a chance yeah. in 96, 97. I think, Robert, you know, we spoke about it just a little bit earlier on a couple of minutes ago about yeah. why. And I think also because of the schools previously not having played football. Yes, they played rugby, they played cricket, they played hockey, they do all these sports. Mm. But football, for some reason, wasn't quite the kind of sport that, that was really promoted in schools. And that's exactly why the reason was when a player only finished school did he get serious about his football. Because you yeah, must remember, yeah. a kid is in school for most of his life and then he's playing all these sports for school with the school says you've got to play rugby or you've got to play tennis or you've got to play this you've got to play that and not enough football now they are playing football but I think that's also one of the reasons because now he's 20 years of age finished school and he says what do I want to do I want to play football yeah. I wasn't afforded this opportunity when I was at school but now I'm going to join a club and he joins a club like Supersport or plays in a disky team and he shows so much potential can you imagine this kid if he was developed properly when he was 13, 14, 15, 16 he'll be mm. like in He'll be a world beater because he'll be a complete player. But unfortunately, they were losing that period of time because the schools didn't play the sport. Yeah. And I suppose you made mention as we head into a break of just how well they're doing under under Safa. And of course, you know, Dandy Jordan himself was, was first to remind me again when communicating with them that uh, you look at the Nedbank Cup, you look at the last 16, and you see there are nine PSL teams that are there. They are three championship teams, previously NFD, and there's four teams that come through from the SAFA regions. Val University is from SAB. Happy Wanderers are from ABC. Hungry Lions are from ABC. Amavarara also from ABC, and they're still there. They're there and they're playing, and it means something. I mean, for football, it is huge. All right, I'll bring Gordon Eggerson to come through. He's on to some exciting things. Hey, if you thought that he had retired, he says, no, please, retire. What for? He's a youngster. He was only what, born when? 56. So there's nowhere near an old man. He's got football running through his veins. And uh, yeah, be part of the conversation. As we said, 0605 We're finding out what he's up to now. And we'll go back, of course, in history and track back and say thank you for the contribution uh, to SA Football that uh, Gordon Eggerson has made. Maybe find out some interesting facts that you might not have known about. It is, yeah, going for 20 to the hour. We live from our Seapoint studios here in Cape Town. Gordon Nickerson is my guest. 060-584-2250. Well, the home advantage is the homegrown spirit. Legends Night with myself, Robert Marawa. And we continue our conversation tonight with Gordon Nickerson. Uh, he's here with me in our Cape Town studios here at the SABC. 060-584-2250. You're live with Metro FM 96.4 FM. Marawa Sports Worldwide on Twitter as well as Instagram. Lots of reaction that is uh, coming through. People are excited about uh, what Gordon Eggerson is currently up to. Okay, just wrapping up on the developmental side, because I know this is going to be a question that so many people are going to ask me afterwards, and I'm not going to have an answer. If they want to try and bring their kids to enroll, do you scout? How do you go about it? Because it's about the functionality of the academy if there's a website, if there's whatever, because those are the, the most frequently asked questions is, please ask Gordon, where can I send my kid? Is very talented. You know, he can spin a ball with his ears or whatever. But what needs to happen? Robert, you know, I've based my academy on, on a lot of teams in Europe and in Africa. You know, in, in certain areas in Africa, there's some great academies, you know. Right. And uh, we have a, we have, for example, we have a skills program that starts on a Sunday. And then we have a foundation phase, a development phase, and then the academy and then the elite group. 
And um, of course, uh, on, on the Sunday, everybody just comes and they have fun. But we identify our players from these areas. We have a lot of workshops in the townships. We have scouts out there looking for players, trying to identify players. And I say to me, Coach, you've got to go see this player here, go see that player there. Then we invite them down. Mm. It's just like any other, other academy. But we just, we just go and, and select our players from these areas, from all over the place. And as I say, there's a place for everybody. There's, the skills program is for players who just want to play football. Like we mentioned earlier, the schools don't play. They love the game and they want to play football and they come on a Sunday. And those players from there get identified and they move into our foundation phase or they move into our academy. So, um, as I say, those are the, that's, how, that's how the academy is run. Okay. All right. And do you capture that? I know that uh, the world of either social media or websites or any of that stuff, uh, do you keep a track on that or do you kind of in the growing phase as far as that is concerned no no uh, you know it was a it was a choice that i made in the beginning you know i didn't want to use the platform of 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 of, of all these social medias yeah. and twitter and uh, instagram and all that to promote the academy i wanted to do it correctly and by myself and not you know have so many comments you know having been a national team coach you know when you start something and you say something everybody says yeah 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 at the moment we have achieved it we have done it we are feeding the kids we are tutoring the kids we are giving them all the uh, the, the scholarships they need mm-hmm. we're dressing the kids we're bringing them in from township so now we're in a position to to for our academy to be known out there proper it's all been done in the last two years and uh, as i say we are now ready to go out there but on, I, t- I took a, a a stance where i didn't want to use my name just right. to promote it and get people there i wanted to do it correctly but what is it called though hamilton's football academy hamilton's football academy okay is there any reason why hamilton's well, my partner uh, uh, Bryn Russell is a is a, is a friend, and uh, he is the he is a philanthropist, and he loves giving back to the communities. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, he's the he's the person behind the academy. Without him, this academy would never take place because you've got to worry about all these little things, and it's very very expensive. We set it up really in a good way, so um, he was part of the Hamilton's rugby. Uh, uh-huh. As you know, Hamilton's rugby has been going for over a hundred years. And he is the person behind Hamilton's success. And yes. uh, yeah, so we decided to use the Hamilton's name as no, well. No, it makes sense. Football. makes perfect sense. And as far as funding is concerned, because I know a lot of academies, they, they tend to struggle when it comes to that. Would you say you are pretty well taken care of in that department? Well, I wouldn't say we have been. Yeah. I mean, we've been going for two and a half years. It's it's been a huge expense, you know, to 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 create a safe environment for the players to play, a field, fenced in, and all these kind of things. It's it's very very difficult. And one's pockets are only so deep. But uh, I can, all I can say, Robert, is that Brendan's been absolutely magnificent financially. He's backed the whole thing completely. Right. If you remember correctly, it was it was uh, Brendan and I that were interested in buying Santos at the time, and that deal didn't go through. And we decided let's do the the academy now, and that's where we are. But hopefully Hopefully, we're running it obviously at a very big loss. Hopefully, by the end of this year, we're just about breaking even, mm-hmm. and uh, then we can start going forward. Because we also got plans. You know, if I don't get back into the PSL, I want to do something. I might want to have my own team playing in the PSL. And these kids have got dreams and ambitions of playing there. So we're looking to maybe try to get a franchise of a mm-hmm. national first division or maybe ABC Matepe League. And the timing, of course, is perfect now because. Two, two and a half years ago, these kids were 16. Now they're 17, 18. They're in the elite program, and they're looking now to, to play. And why not play for your own team in that league and, try and, sense. and try and get promoted? You, you touched on very briefly now, it was something I was going to ask you, about that buying of the stake at Santos. Um, you, you went that direction. From what I know, and, and, and that's why we have you here, to just correct the wrongs that we have, 
it didn't go quite well, that whole deal. No, I don't think it, it's not that it didn't go yeah. well, but we thought to ourselves, you know what, we need to have an academy. And if we if we just buy the franchise of a team, it's going to be too much to run this this, this franchise because where are you going to get the players from? Now you're going to take on players exactly the same as who haven't been coached correctly with our philosophy, how we want to do things. So we thought to ourselves, you know, the, maybe it's better to start from the bottom and build ourselves up than start at the top. Buy, buy a franchise and then start an academy is not the correct thing to do. I believe start an academy first. Now academy. Where is Santos now? Santos are still playing in the ABC Mercepe League. They're also looking to try and get promoted. I see Gulam from time to time. but uh, He still he, runs that. Yes, he does. I mean, you know, Gulam is such a passionate person in his club. It's very hard for him to let go, you know, in South Carolina. But it was also difficult, though. I mean, you, you would have seen the slide from a, you know, a championship trophy winning team to a slide completely out of the PSL, completely out of the championship, and just go further down. It, it, I mean, he, obviously, knowing the passion that Gulamali has. I mean, that can't be an easy thing to take. No, not at all. You know, it's very, and it's very difficult out there. And this is the reason why uh, Bryn and I decided. You know what? We'll start from the bottom. We'll 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 groom our own players, and the 15-year-olds and the 13-year-olds. So it's like a conveyor belt, exactly like Ajax do it. They have the under 12s and 13s. Next year, they're under 14s. Under 14s, under 15. Next year, under 15s, under 16, and then under 17. And those players will be able to play in the ABC Mateepe League. And a lot of our players next year will be able to play in National First Division, and thereafter play in. The Premier League or go overseas. So, you know, we, we're looking at that as well. So it's a, it's a dream for the kids and um, there's a plan in place and that plan is now uh, for our academy to to get into one of these leagues. Alright, a uh, lot of you on social media uh, excited to hear the voice of Gordon Niggers and just saying that uh, it's been such a long time not hearing from him. Charcoal Makara says, I remember when he won the league with us at Orlando Pirates uh, and having Bandelibisi, Polanjanya, Godfrey Sapula, NSY, Dawali, uh, Benedict our trump card uh, his final game was unfortunately taken away by Noi and also Nkope says my favorite team of yours was that Santos with Andre Aronsa John Mbito Nkoli uh, Simkunu as well as Jean-Marc Etienne so lots of memories are coming through we do encourage you to uh, send those through uh, via social media or otherwise send us a voice note 060-584-2250 ladies and gentlemen your legend is here uh, good afternoon, Mr. Marawa. Uh, thumbs up to Mr. Gordon Agassin. My coach, how are you? Uh, I used to admire this man, uh, Marawa, Mr. Gordon Agassin, when he was coaching at uh, Molochas Palos. I even to go personal there to watch him. Uh, that's a good coach. Thumbs up for the academy you're doing. Because I'm just thinking and thought, uh, I remember here in Africa, a good player or a talented player, he started to play in the PSL while he's above 20 years 22 26 years so if you back to europe uh when you're 16 years old like cristiano ronaldo Lionel messi uh Kylian Mbappe, they started in 16 years they were playing already on the national team so i think we are building our country thanks very much and i'm also doing that thing uh here in uh, rivali i'm a community builder so Thumbs up, thumbs up. I've got plenty of talented players here. So, yeah, we'll communicate, Mr. Egerson. Thanks. Hi, Mr. Marawa. Thank you for bringing that young man um, to the studio. And this is one guy that made uh, my team, my favorite team, Morocco Solos, uh, to be fashionable. And I feel that... Um, the, the South African government can use the skills of that man because 
with little resources that he had, he managed to, to push that team to be number two on the league. So, and I just want to say thank you for his contribution to Morocco Swallows. And my question is, will he ever come back to Morocco Swallows if given a chance? Yeah, good evening, Rob, and also good evening to Mr. Egosen. Just one question, actually two questions for Mr. Egosen. Uh, Mr. Egosen, you saw Leroto Chavangu struggling. How did you feel since he was your former player? And I know you love that guy. And on that note, uh, uh, you say you are in academy. How how will you help your players not to go the same route as players as your former player Lato Chavang? No offense to Lato Chavang, but how will you help your players in the academy so that they cannot go the same route? Maldice former again. Thank you, Rob. Hi, good day, Rob. It's Edward here, CPC Limbata, Newcastle. Hi, Rob. I just wanted to say, Coach, hey, you must come back, Coach. I just wanted to appreciate the league title that he took with Orlando Pirates. You know how long Pirates said they hadn't taken the league um, before Gordon came. And yeah, that was a very special moment. I remember he had a couple of stars, and I won't forget on the final match when Pirates beat Ajax uh, 3-0. Then he did some very fancy, I won't say it's footwork, because he was bouncing the ball on his head. El tega, Rob. I just want to say, yeah, coach, yeah, we miss you on the field and we miss you on the touchlines. You must come back and, yeah, really appreciate the Pirates, the league that you took with Pirates. I mean. Hi, Colin. This is Andrew from Rodipot. You want coach that I highly respect. Um, every team that you touched, you turned it into gold. Um, you know the history of South African football. I believe that with Bafana Bafana, you could have been much more successful had you uh, gotten a chance. Um, yes, you got a chance, but uh, had you gotten support rather. And uh, I highly respect you because when Orlando Pirates was nobody's, you came and you won us a double. And for that, I highly respect you. Thanks for coming back and confirming that you have not retired. We still need a lot from you. And uh, yeah, history is going to be kind to you um, when it comes to South African football. Ladies and gentlemen, your legend is here. Oh man, don't you just love those voice notes? 060-584-2250 do come through in support of our legend tonight. That is Gordon Egerson celebrating homegrown legends on and off the field. It is Legends Night with myself, Robert Marawa, uh, brought to you by Castle Lager, One Nation, One Beer. 060-584-2250. You're live at Metro FM, 96.4 FM. It is Marawa Sports Worldwide coming through live from our Cape Town studios here in Seapoint. And it's still almost like 12 o'clock during the day here. Uh, it's a different country. Yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. Okay, Gordon. Uh, let, let's quickly run through uh, some of these voice notes here. One that I picked out... Somebody talked about uh, Lerato Chabangu. Uh, maybe your quick thoughts. He was one of your favorite players. And I know how strongly you felt about his ability. Um, he is struggling. Somebody that has come onto the show, uh, spoken about openly, and he's accepted some of the faults and mistakes that he made. And that's why we respect him so much. Um, maybe just your reflection of how things obviously went flip-flop for him. 
Yeah, Robert, you know, Lerata Chabangu is an amazing talent, yeah. you know, and I think he's one of those those people that needed an opportunity or needed someone to guide him because, he, you know, he, he became very successful very young in his age and earning a lot of money and being one of the kind of guys that he liked to have a drink now and again mm-hmm. and then he couldn't really control himself at his own admission. Mm-hmm. And I just felt at that stage that this boy needed help and if it wasn't him, it would be somebody else. That's just my nature. And I just thought to myself, you know, you can't allow a talented player like this to just go go missing. You know, if I tell you a story once about Lerata Chabango, and I'm sure he'll sit if he's listening now, he'll probably laugh about it. You know, we were playing for Sundowns and I think we were we needed like four or five points to win the championship with four games to go or five games to go. And we had absolute crisis on our hands as far as injuries were concerned. And on the Friday we were training and we were playing on Saturday, we were playing against Wits University. And Lerato came like 10 minutes late into training, but you could see he was walking with a bit of a wobble here mm. and there, and the players were talking amongst themselves. Yeah, and we, sure. and we, we had a bit of a laugh about it. So I said, Lerato, what's, 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 what, what are you doing? He said, no, coach, I'm okay. I want to train and all this. So I cut the long story short, he was really in no frame to, cha- to train. Everybody could see that he had, had been drinking. And I really had a serious problem. So I obviously took him off the field, let him go have a cold shower, and we continued training. I phoned the president. I told the president that this happened and uh, we had a serious problem here. And and, and the president said to me, listen, coach, get him into an hospital, put him on a drip, get him going, and uh, let's see how things are. Because we were in that situation. And sometimes, you know, you've got to not be so dogmatic and say, well, he's drunk, I'm not going to use it. You Mm. had to nurture him. So I almost got the players together and I said, guys, what do you think? I mean, we're in a a crisis. We've got like 10 players. The rest of them are all injured, suspended. What should we do? And I got the players to almost say to me, coach, you know what? Give him a chance. Give him a chance. Because I know if I had have done that without the players' consent, so to speak, they would have like, hey, we can't do this, coach. Not right. So it was almost like I let them make the decision that let's give him a chance. Somehow let's see if we can fix him up because we're going to this game. We've got only 11 players or 10 players and we're going to need him for that. So instead of like, cutting him out, we sent him to Pretoria. They put him on a drip overnight. The next day he came to the stadium and I put him in the starting lineup. Oh, wow. The players agreed that, you know what, let's give him this opportunity. And he was fresh. And he scored two goals. We beat Vitz 2-0. He scored both the goals. That is crazy. That is crazy. And, and you know, we got to training on the Monday morning. And I had to talk to the guys. And I said to him, okay, you, you know, this is what happened in the game, guys. I said, Lerato, you go now. Go do what you did last week. And I'll see you next week. for <laughs> and, I, and, of course, we just broke the ice. But on a serious note, Robert, you know, he, he really needed help, you know. And um, um, I... It was. It became very, very difficult because mm. he, he became too reliant on me. You know, he would. Uh, there would be a day when he would phone and say, "I wasn't a. Tr- he wasn't a training," and then he'll start crying. I'm oh, sorry, coach. And you know, it became very, very difficult. And uh, obviously, um, he did turn his life around, and mm. he did play for the national team. I can remember he played against uh, Brazil in our first game, and he was absolutely outstanding. But obviously, um, I think. Uh, I don't know how he is right now, and I just hope he is okay. Yeah. I mean, he, when, when he came into the studio, when we heard about how things had turned around for him, obviously turned in, into the negative for him, is in an attempt to try and resurrect his career because people were starting to post pictures of his um, on social media. And, I mean, I don't know if you know or not, uh, not know, but when you are in let's say Twitter streets, as they call it. It is very rough and severe, and people can be very demeaning. They can be very brash, rough, and they could almost drive you to a point where many people have entered a state of depression. 
Um, others have almost wanted to commit suicide because there is that much blatant hatred um, and shaming that happens, you know, on social media platforms. And they were starting to post all of these pictures of his and people have opinions, you know, and people are very cruel. People don't at times want to be extending a helping hand. They'd rather poke fun at someone. Maybe it gives them joy. It makes them feel great to go sleep at night and say, yeah, I'll poke fun at Lerato Chabang. So when he, when he came and spoke, and he was very open, um, because it's also important to break that ice. And, 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 and you said it beautifully, saying that you threw it back to the players to give you that direction. And that is what I call a manager. Because yes. you're not just a coach. You are managing a situation. You're managing a crisis. Otherwise, you'll be called a favoritism-based coach who just gave a player who came drunk an opportunity to play. So them saying, no, give him a chance. Oh, I mean, you can imagine how that makes you feel. It makes you feel relieved. Yeah, it does. It does, Robert, you know, because, you know, with Lorato, we had to do a lot of things that people don't know about, you know. Yeah. Like we had to put him into a, into a safe, secure place. I had his wife phone me any time that he was missing to phone me and say, listen, Lorato's not back. They would go out and find him and put, make sure he went home. I had my, my kit manager sitting outside his door when I was at Morocco Swallows, not, you know, on the day before a match or two days before a match, yes. sitting outside on the balcony making sure nobody that he goes didn't leave in or, or out. out or whatever yeah. the case may be. So it's a lot, a lot of tough work. But more importantly, Robert, he had a, He's got a family and he's mm. a family man and he had a problem. You know, he had a problem that he, and he, he actually acknowledged the problem that he had and he said, I've got a problem, coach, and I can't get out of it. Help me. Mm. He, he put himself out there. You know, it's not easy. Once you, once you can acknowledge that you've got a problem, you can work on it. And uh, he looked for that and we tried our best to do and I think we did turn his life around and as I say, he's, um, he's got two beautiful children, a lovely wife, and uh, for them, I think it was also very important. No, hundred percent, and uh, and I think the same thing happened with the Jabu Pule Mashangu, uh, who was able to acknowledge some of his, uh, you know, misdemeanors, and he was also open, and he came through, and you know, you always try and do your best to help, and I always see and feel very proud to see him, you know, nicely cleaned up now, being an analyst, talking about football, and you say, yeah, that's where. A person who had that amount of talent belongs. He belongs back to the nation, uh, giving some of his best to the nation. And I do hope that Lerato, having been given those opportunities by yourself and by many other people, there was even a WhatsApp group that was formed to try and assist. And I just found it very humbling, some big names. I mean, obviously, I don't have permission from those people to mention their names publicly. Uh, but, yeah, there was ways to seek to assist. And, And that, for me... Whether you were George Best, whether you were Paul Gascoigne, all of these people had that problem. I think some people don't understand what fame does. Fame isolates. Fame makes you feel important. Uh, But fame also gives you fake friends. And fake friends you don't know at that stage. You just think that you're the hero. And then you start guzzling and guzzling and guzzling, but they're not there to help you. And I think being able to find a bigger community has, has helped him tremendously. Is that some of the things that makes you to try and help the kids as you groom them at an early age that, boy, listen, you have got a great talent. You're going to be a great player, but then try and give them a bit of life skills because it's about the life skills factor that comes in. Yeah, the life skills are very, very important. You know, we tutor our kids um, every single day. We tutor probably uh, 50 kids a week. 
in the classrooms, not just with students, but with proper people, doctors and uh, pathologists, and to, but not only about school and arithmetic and maths and uh, Afrikaans and English, whatever, but life skills, how to conduct themselves, how to speak, how to do an interview, how to stand up when a lady walks in the room, how to shake a hand, look in the person and shake the hand firmly. And, you know, these kind of things we teach the kids. And it's very, very important because not all the kids are going to make professional football players. So they need to have something behind them and they need to understand and have, have this kind of respect for the game, have respect for themselves, have respect for their families. And this is what we try to do. You know, Rob, I think I was probably one of the most unlucky coaches in respect of losing players through car accidents. I think I think I lost six players. You know, there was there was Leslie Manyantella, there was Gift Laremi, there was Oscar Intachai, there was, uh, you know, the, the list goes on. And just recently, um, Jabu Pule mentioning him. You know, I'm so proud of him because he he's really turned his life around now, and you see him the way he is. And uh, just as I say, just recently we did a show together, and oh. it was about drinking and driving just before Christmas. And the message was out there: you can do two things. You can drink and you mm. can drive, mm. but just don't do them together. You know, that was the message. And uh, as I say, and, and this is why probably I am like I am, because I just didn't want to lose another player. You know, you go to train or you get a call in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, and you get a, he says, now I'm Captain so-and-so from this police station and there's been a fatal accident and, and one of your players has been uh, hurt or killed in a car accident and you don't know who he is. And then the rumor starts getting out there and then you don't know who he is because the parents haven't been and you get to yeah. training. I can remember Gift Laremi. We went to training, obviously, and we were in the car park and the whole team was there and we saw this one come in, surprise Marie come in, Brian Beloy come in, this one come in, all driving their cars and eventually one player didn't turn up and it was Gift Laremi. Mm. And then we knew it was him. And that's how we found out it was Gift because the players had heard it, of course, just like I had heard it and his family hadn't been notified. But I mean, that's, that's traumatizes players. That's a sad thing, you know. And he was one player that had just turned his life around. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. But it's, 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 it's crazy. Um, I want to shoot off to a break. It's, it's a, you know, I was just going to say that guys like Clifford Muleko, I remember yes. as well. I mean, he passed away on his way to Art Tambo International. Every time I off-ramp into that little slip road. I I always think uh, think of Clifford Moleko because it's it was at that point that he passed away, and I don't know how many years I've been doing that route, but every time I slip off that road, the memory of him comes through because it was exactly that point that he lost his life. Let's take your voice notes. Wow, intriguing time going so fast. I knew I'd enjoy this conversation here. Going back, throwing forward, talking current stuff. Gordon Eggerson, a record-breaking, award-winning uh, coach, is with me here in Seapoint in our Cape Town studios at the SABC. Chatting all things football, talking life skills, talking father figure. You name it. 0605842250. Well, Rob, Petit Legends, Gordon Eggerson. Coach Amlong, Akumbula. Anyway, thanks to him also for the job that he's doing. He's doing a great job, Robert. Thank you. This is Samson Staraton. Hi, Rob. My name is Eagle-Eyes. Would you please ask the coach there, well, is he going to come back to the PSL soon? Is he going to coach your team in the PSL? 
Thank you, Rob. Good evening, Robert Marawa and Mr. Gigasan. Uh, this is Rasta 24 in PE. Uh, I just want to say thanks to the legend uh, for what he has done from Zanzi's football. Uh, and thanks uh, for what he's doing now for the youth of Mzanzi, hoping to see more great players that is going to adorn the South African colors. Thank you guys, Arasa 14 PE. Evening, Darob. Uh, Mr. Madluputu, the question that I wanted to ask Mr. Gordon Agassin, he has answered me already when he says he's busy on the uh, development side. So some of us, we were so surprised, Woody, where is he? Why is not uh, employed in one of the teams in PSL? Because he's one of the uh, most experienced coaches and most achieved coaches. So we were so surprised Uti, why he's no longer coaching. So I'm so happy to hear Uti is busy doing something. As they say, would teach them while they are still young. So I'm so happy to, to hear that, Mr. Gordon. Carry on doing what you do best. You are one of the best coaches in South Africa. Thanks. I'm your guys from Nel Mafia's Extension 7 in Mamelodi. I'm listening to you, Tarop. Keep doing what you do best. Uh, good evening, Rob. Uh, you are talking to Kokule Kuliwe from Alex. Uh, can you please ask Mr. Gordon for me the, uh, that uh, of all the teams that he did coach, which one that remains at heart? And secondly, if there's any chance to see Mr. Gordon Nickerson return in coaching. Uh, thank you, Rob. Ladies and gentlemen, your legend is here. All right, his name is uh, Gordon Egerson, and he is my guest right here. GGI, hey, Gordon George Egerson, uh, that is his name here. Oh six oh five eight four double two five zero. Some interesting voice notes that have come through, and do remember that the home advantage is the homegrown spirit. Legends night with myself, Robert Marawa, and of course, there is just one, Gordon Egerson. Lots of your messages coming through. In fact, give us a call. 89 uh, Let's open it up. Maybe one or two questions that needed an answer. Did you get your medal when you had to be whisked away on that magical day that we were all watching TV, fascinated by this helicopter that was there to pick you up and you were off to your daughter's wedding? And we were like, hey, man, is this man ever going to get his medal? Did it happen? You know, Robert, that was, for me, one of the most uh, difficult uh, days, you know, because um, Orlando Pirates hadn't for seven years won the championship or won the league or, or, I mean, or a cup game or a cup. And um, we were in in that cup competition and we were in the far north. It was against Ajax. And my daughter's wedding was supposed to have been the week before and was postponed to a week later. So I had had to make a choice to be at the cup final or be at her wedding. So, of course, I chose to be at the cup final. And um, we were leading 1-0. Tarbon Gamedi, I think, scored the goal, or Poland Glania scored the goal to, for us to be 1-0 up. And at that time, I was just about ready to get onto the helicopter to get to the airport to get to my daughter's wedding, and uh, they equalized. Yep. And those days, if you remember, I'm sure you do, it wasn't. It was a golden goal. And yep. I said to the guys, I said, Gens, please, just get out there and score the goal and I can go. Yeah. And Tarbon Gamedi got onto the field in the extra time, got on there, and within two minutes, I scored the winner. Game over. Game over. And I didn't even <laughs> get a chance to even touch the medal, hold the cup, celebrate with the players. I was just rushing to get to the airport. And, um, yeah, it was amazing. But did you get the medal eventually? 
I got the medal eventually, oh, okay. but uh, but um, I didn't get a chance to celebrate with the guys and touch the trophy. You know, it was crazy. But it was historic, though. I mean, no, nothing as crazy as that has happened. And that was the drama, though, of, of football back in those days. And you were right smack bang in the middle of it. And the most frequently asked question, and before we take our next and final ad break, you, you've been that record-breaking coach in South Africa as the only man to coach four different top flight teams to the Premier Soccer League Championship. Um, Floyd Mayweather retires then comes back. You know, it's 49-0, and 0, he wants a 50-0. and 0. George Foreman retires and then says, no, 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 I won one more title and he comes back. There's always a hunger and a desire to almost wrap things. You, you said on four. No, the, the coaches haven't caught up. You've given them ample space and time. Give me your thoughts. Coming back to the PSL? You know, Robert, I wouldn't discount that at all, you know, because as you say, you know, it's, it's in your blood. And, you know, when I watch TV, I watch certain teams play and I watch this team and I say to myself, you know what, I can win the league with that team. If I had an opportunity with that team, I'd win the league with them. And I don't even mention which teams they are, obviously. But, um, yes, of course you get hungry. You know, I've got so much to offer. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, when I talk about my time with the national team, and one of the things that hurt me the most, Robert, with the national team, you know, I played uh, four qualifying matches only. I only had four. I won three of them, drew one, and lost one. And we never qualified for the World Cup. And then, of course, everybody says, well, it was your mandate. I won three or four games. You know, you're supposed to have been qualified, but it was my. they blamed me and said, well, you didn't qualify for the World Cup. In, in official matches, I played uh, 14 official matches, won seven, drew, drew none, and lost one game. Official matches. Yes, we played a lot of, yeah, a lot of friendly friendlies, matches, yeah. but those friendly matches were to try and see the youngsters because we never had any development at that stage in our, in our national teams. So, yes, uh, can I, will I come back? Would I be prepared? Obviously, I'd, I'd say watch the space because, you know what, you can't just sometimes just stop and say, well, that's it. You know, God has given me a... a, a a fantastic life he's given me my fitness my health and i'm you know i still run every morning i'm fit and strong and i feel great so let's see let's see what happens let me let me, let me challenge you are you okay with me challenging you yeah i'm pretty good with that yeah. okay you you've given me you've given me the bait let's use it to catch that fish you said sometimes you sit and you watch tv and you say i could win the championship with this team which team is that you know, Robert, it, it, it would be unethical for me to say that because that team has got a coach. Mm. Um, oh, they, they currently have a coach. They currently okay. have a coach. There okay. are a lot of teams that have currently have co- coaches. Which province are they, are they in? Robert, you're now putting me right on the spot. I'm not, not gonna, at all. I'm, I'm not going to say that. If I say, this, if I say Cape Town, you're going to say there's only one team in Cape Town City. <laughs> if I say this one, you're going to say that. If I say, but, so, you know what? I'm just going to say to you that, you know, there's uh, there's – there's certain chairmans out there that you know that you can work with. There's certain who will give you that support to go right. out there and win a championship. Um, there's, uh, there's a lot of clubs out there that are, you know, the, the football has changed so much today in respect of, and I've stayed abreast of all these things and my coaching at, uh, these things, but there's so many teams that can win a championship. If you, if you just get the support of your chairman, you get the right team and you get the right kind of players that mm. are around you and can buy into what your philosophy is. And um, I believe that, uh, I think that is, that is, uh, uh, strong possibility. There are many teams that can win the league. It doesn't have to be Pirates and Chiefs and Sundowns anymore. Can no, we know. Because I, I was actually thinking about it during the ad break and I was saying, I don't know, Gordon gives teams a touch and they disappear. You gave Santos the shine, they've disappeared. You gave Swallows a spot 
where they finished second place in 2011-2012 when you received the PSL Coach of the Season Award for a second time. They disappeared. Yeah, they're working their way back. Sure, via other things. But they're working their way back, and that's great. You gave... Who's the other team? Sorry. But yeah, they also disappeared. All I'm saying is that... Manning Rangers. Manning Rangers. All I can say is that... Benny has laid a good foundation. Hey, Rob. Please ask the coach over there that as he's looking at the PSL right now, does he believe that Kaiser Chiefs can win it or Pirates can still win it? Uh, my name is Igilize, by the way. Good day, Mr. Marao. Can you please ask Mr. Igerson if his son still plays football? I think he had a son called Grant, if I'm not mistaken, and I think he once made it into the professional ranks with one of the clubs. I just can't remember which one now. I saw him a bit those years, and then I haven't seen him since then. So can you please ask him if his son still plays football or not? Thank you. Akonantli Jan, Cape Town. All right, thank you so much, Connor. Thank you so much, everybody. Gordon Eggerson, as we go into the final straight four minutes of the show, um, obviously lots of questions. Uh, we'll try and be as brief as we can, Gordon. We've got exactly four minutes left of the show. Um, Pirates to win it this season? Uh, Pirates, I think, a little bit difficult. I think Kaiser Chiefs have put themselves in a fantastic position. I think uh, Ernest Mittendorf has done a fantastic job. And if you look at the teams chasing, I mean, Pirates have played a game extra and they nine points off them. Sundowns have, have got, got ten points behind. Supersport are just about out of it, and I think Vits have a difficult. But Vits have got games in hand. If they win those three games in hand, I think Vits could be the main dangers. All right, so we've got a question as well saying, Grant, your son, what's happened to him? Well, I've got two sons. I've got a 12-year-old boy. That's, he's playing football now in our academy. And, of course, Grant uh, played. Uh, yes, he did play professionally. He played for Ajax and he played for, I think, uh, one or two other teams in South Africa. And then he left and went to Sweden. He played for FC North Chopin. And, of course, getting back to the Premier Soccer League, if it's not with the club, would your academy be able to do that? Well, that's that's something that, uh, you know, we would love to happen, you know, to go. I mean, Chippe have done it. Other teams have done it where they won from the from the ABC Metepe League, won the National First Division, and then won the won, get into the league. So I wouldn't discount that either. Anything that you would still want to do in football at the highest level? Robert, you know what? Eh? When you win one league championship, you don't want to stop, you know. And you see, you see, uh, you see teams playing out there, and you just think to yourself, "How oh, I'd love to get out there and get the opportunity to win the championship again." It's a great, great feeling, and of course, uh, you know, you want to do that. Uh, obviously, the national team, as I said before, for me, uh, having beaten Spain when they were world champion, European champions, was an absolute uh, one of the highlights of my of my uh, my time with the national mm. team. You only lost two games as a Bafana Bafana coach in official games. You mentioned that very briefly out of 14, and yet you lost your job. Yeah, I think, you know, I only lost two official matches. You know, as I said, we, I played four in the World Cup and we we won three and uh, lost one. And then the African Cup of Nations, we were unbeaten. We lost on penalties. It doesn't count as a loss in the in the semifinals or quarterfinals. So, yeah, I think... I think uh, 
You know, that was a good time for me mm. with the national team. I really enjoyed what I did there. But, uh, you know, still winning championships is fantastic. All right. Maybe next time we chat to you, we'll find out why you lost your job there. Victor, I'm not sure if you're still on the line. Victor, good evening. Good evening, Rob. Very briefly, go ahead. Hello? Yeah, yeah, we here. Yeah, Rob, I just had my voice note. Thank you very much. Yeah, you have a great legend here. I wasn't born as... As he started his career, I just went to Google on uh, Wikipedia. Yeah, he's a great legend. Many teams he played, uh, many teams he managed. Yeah, Rob, you got an inspiration to young upcoming coaches. An inspiration indeed. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Victor, for coming through and chatting to us. Uh, I mean, good evening. We wrap things up and there's so much that has been said and uh, lots of compliments that have come through people on social media and Twitter. I haven't even read a fraction of those. What gives you the get up and go factor every single day now? You know, Robert, I always said to to, to um, people that, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you say to yourself, oh, I just feel like sleeping half an hour longer and you don't feel like going to do it because it becomes a hassle, then you've got to give up. But when you when you go to bed at night and you think to yourself, should I love to get out there in the morning and be with my team? And and you know I've done it my whole life. You know I was the youngest coach to win the championship uh, with Manny Rangers. I was forty or thirty nine at the time, and from that time to now, I've, I feel exactly the same. You know you want to get out there every morning. I'm with my kids in the in the mornings or in the evenings. Now it's, I'll get them training and coaching, and I've got a great team with my Hamilton's Football Academy. But I'm still out there all the time, and it's just something that you you love doing. I just love doing. I just love being on the field. I just love coaching. I just love giving back to the game and. Uh, and being part of it and until that time when I wake up and I don't feel like doing it that's the time I'll retire you will not retire even before we do a part two with you but thank you so much I can't believe that an hour has just shot by that quickly thank you so much Gordon ever the true professional and professional that you are and I wish you the best of luck with that academy great work that's being done thank you so much for gracing our studios here at Sea Point in Cape Town on Mara Sports Worldwide. All the best. Robert, thank you. It's been a great pleasure, yeah, and a great pleasure talking to all your listeners. Thank you so much indeed. Celebrating homegrown legends on and off the field. I believe Lerato is standing by. It's not Chabang. It's Khanyaho.